Romans 7 and 8. Finally to chapter 8. Maybe Your I can favorite. Oh my goodness. talk everybody we through why this is my favorite chapter. That's why I just yeah. want to... There's a lot... There's a lot in uh, Romans 7 here and in Romans 8. Paul goes, we started, if you haven't listened to all the other Romans, which I know a lot of you haven't, which that's cool. I mean, just go read it. You don't have to listen to me read. But if you haven't, and if you're following, go back and listen to the other ones that we went through because uh, these won't make sense if you don't. At the beginning, I was explaining how Ro Romans becomes our first theology textbook and Romans 7 is a real good example of that because Paul breaks down sin and uh, the human ability to well the non-ability to be able to be right with God ourselves and then going into chapter 8 explaining the beauty of what Christ has done through that. So we'll just go ahead and start reading. But before we start, take a moment to say a prayer. Whatever. <laughs> While our roosters are killing each other outside. Sorry. <laughs> I just yeah. I hear, like, rooster. They're, yeah, they're a pretty brutal bunch. Anyway, say a prayer. And then, of course, if there's anything at all that we can do for you guys, anything we can lift up in prayer, anything, um, questions, counsel, provision, whatever it might be that we can possibly do for you, go to APHomeChurch.com and uh, connect with us there, and we'd love to hear from you. Yep. All right, so we're going to be diving here into Romans 7 and 8. We're in the NLT translation. This is the Bible study that we do with our kids, and they're ages 6 to 14 that we sit down and do this. Um, so we use the NLT with them because we feel like it really does just read... Um, it's very story feeling, you know, just this type of translation, which maybe it we flows can really, it does flow very well. I do like how it does not take away from the original text, but it puts it in a more, in a more modern, um, yeah, you know, more modern way, but you use that's ESV very, for like yeah, more Yeah, I use ESV for my personal studies. But this works and, really well But this kids. works really well for kids, and it doesn't take away from the original text. It doesn't sacrifice too much on it. So where this isn't my preferred version to use, uh, I think I recommend for, like for my personal mm -hmm. study or for anybody that's more so... Um, you know, advanced or wants well, look, to we're stick. Looking to really dive in, right? That wants to. If you're really concerned, which this is really important, if you're a theology student, but if, if you want to stick really close to the original Greek and the mm -hmm. original, you know, you you really got to stick closer to things like that. But as far as the New Living Translation goes, this does great. It just more so, um, just kind of sometimes paraphrasing. Not not like the Message version though. No, <laughs> it does not. So anyway, we're in the NLT. And in Romans 7, so starting verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, you who are familiar with the law, don't you know that the law applies only while a person is living? For example, when a woman marries, the law binds her to her husband as long as he is alive. But if he dies, the laws of marriage no longer apply to her. So while her husband is alive, she would be committing adultery if she married another man. But... If her husband dies, she is free from the law and does not commit adultery when she remarries. So, my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. 
you died to the power of the law when you died with Christ, and now you are united with the one who has raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we were controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds, resulting in death. But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. Well then, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would have never known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said you must not covet. Let me go ahead and stop right here. And I want to mention to everybody, this is one of the, as the whole Bible is, but this is probably more so one of the most out of context used uh, chapters for many, many reasons and many, many different groups do it. Don't overcomplicate what Paul is saying here is the simplest advice that I can give you to understanding this text. Because don't overcomplicate it. Okay, he's not talking about some secret understand. He's not talking about, you know, I've heard this. It was fascinating to me when I first really started studying because I didn't realize that the term law was so debated between so yeah. many people and what exactly Paul was talking about. Mm -hmm. You feel like if you read it with just common sense, you know exactly what, he, what, what he's talking <laughs> about. But, you know, I didn't realize that it was, well, no, that's not what he's saying. And the whole book of Romans is just completely, you know, people have used this book for... Oh, yeah millennia now mm -hmm. a couple thousand years to to just turn it to be whatever they want but let's just remember and just let's just keep it simple here mm -hmm. and and let's look at the audience that he is speaking to here and reminding everybody that now that that christ is now the fulfillment of all of the old testament mm -hmm. letter of the law well, and, and that's what blows my mind so much, like verse 6. Now we have been released from the law, for we died right. to it and are no longer captive Right, because to the power. law was set to show us mm -hmm. sin, to show us this process. It was never meant to be a complete atonement for sin. Never was, no. Never. That's why you had to do sacrifices. Never. And Christ is that atonement for that mm -hmm. sin. So now we have been released from that law. And our dogs can bark freely Excuse upstairs. Excuse the dogs. Sorry. But now we have been released from that law in Christ. Yes. And that's what he's explaining here. And don't let anybody tell you different. I mean, honestly, that's read it for yourself and understand it simply. Because mm -hmm. you can easily overcomplicate this stuff. But now we have been released for the, from the law, for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Right. And, and he is for the rest well, of this chapter. And the point to follow up the argument that always comes from this of, no, that's not how you get salvation. You just do it because that's how you show God that you love him. And that's how, how he wants right. you to be. Let's continue reading. That's now just the Diet Coke version God. of... 
So now we can serve God not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, right. but in the new way of living in the spirit. But people saying, okay, well, no, no, we honor God by obeying this. That's, that's like you're the, honoring that's the diet Mary Coke by, version. That's yeah. just what I was going to say. That's the Diet Coke version of, of actually of saying that you still have to obey the law. Like yeah, you're, that's, yeah. you're just there. So you're, that's you're like, twisting it not. and saying you still have to obey the law and follow all of the dietary restrictions, and everything else, or like saying you're just honoring Mary by keeping statues. Yeah, it's, statues not it's not idol worship. It's not idol worship. Like, it's honor. You guys, come on. No, it's, it's idol worship. You just, you're just painting the turd. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> lipstick on a pig. Come that's on, what, man. that's what you're doing. But the law, which furthers the point, too. Did you already read this? Maybe you haven't read that far yet. I'm getting I don't I'll think shush. I read I think okay. I'm in eight. Yeah, you st- Yeah, I'll stop talking because I was No, I, maybe I didn't start at seven. No, you Everybody were, yeah, w- Covet was the last thing. You're on eight, but I was thinking okay, ahead, so I'm, I'm going to shush. <laughs> so, bottom line, don't get it. Don't make it complicated. Verse eight. But sin uses command to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. If there were no law, sin would not have that power. At one time I lived without understanding the law. But when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life and I died. So I discovered the law's commands, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me. But still, the law itself is holy, and its commands are holy and right and good. But how can that be? Did the law which is good cause my death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring about my condemnation to death. So we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's good commands for its own evil purposes. Huge. Yeah, this explains the weight of sin. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is clearly huge. Which, again, going back and looking at the law in the Torah, in the Old Testament, God's law, the Ten Commandments, you know, all of those, even if even going into the very detailed regulations of the law, as far, I mean, there's one law that if you find, you know, mold or mildew in your house, you have to go and remove it and burn it and bring the priest to come check out your house. I mean, if you look at all of the things that God gave, every single detail of the Old Testament law, they're honestly good hygienic practices. (laughs) I mean, when you look at those things, the the things themselves are good like literally i mean they're they're good things and then the law itself you look at the commandment i mean all of those things are good things to still do and that's why jesus says that you will obey every letter of the law by following his command of loving others you will not murder and hate and steal and envy and adultery like you won't do those things if you are truly loving other people and serving God like you just won't do them so the law there's nothing wrong with the law so when we talk about no there's nothing this wrong Torah with observant like there's nothing wrong with doing Paul those just points out that the law that, that because we have the law he has knowledge now yes so now you have knowledge of good and evil. You which, know you know wrong now. Because that's goes, look at Cain and Abel, right? Right, but this right, and this goes back to the original fall. Yeah. Is because now that's what that's what the original take was, is you 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 gain the knowledge yes. of good and evil. Yes. And 
sin in this case and, and what sin and look at what sin has done sin absolutely destroyed what god created it and it gets would worse have. every day it, yeah. i mean it, it did in the sense of, of just in the in the flesh um but it, it, it's we now incredible. have power the over that weight of that mm-hmm. is is huge mm-hmm. but right we have power over that so we will continue in verse 14 14 so the trouble is not with the law for the law it is spiritual and good the trouble is with me for i am all too human a slave to sin i don't really understand myself for i want to do what is right but i don't do it instead i do what i hate but if i know that what i am doing is wrong this shows that i agree that the law is good so i am not the one doing wrong it is the sin living in me that does it i think um four or 15 is one of our uh, most used and discussed verses one of them you know that we yeah so i was i'm gonna go uh you want to finish reading and then talk about it did i jump ahead yeah you jumped ahead a little sorry bit. that's okay what verse am i on <laughs> 18 that's your fault no sorry no it's okay but you're right 18 and i know that nothing good lives in me that is my in my sinful nature i want to do what is right but i can't i want to do what is good but i don't i want to do what is i don't want to do what is wrong but i do it anyway but if i do what i don't want to do i am not really the one doing wrong it is the sin living in me that does it i have discovered this principle of life that when i want to do what is right i inevitably do what is wrong i love god's law with all my heart but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind this power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me oh what a miserable person i am who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death thank god the answer is in jesus christ our lord see you see how it is in my mind i really want to obey god's law but because of my sinful nature I am a slave to sin. First of all, amen mm-hmm. <laughs> to the whole, the answer being in Jesus Christ. Second of all, what, I, yeah, you're right. This is one of the most quoted, talked about things. And this is one of the first things that I bring up to people when they say, I'm such a horrible person. I, God, how could God ever forgive me? Or God doesn't want anything to do with me. I know how that goes. Um, you know, or, or all these different things, or, you know, I'm such a horrible... It's impossible. That's the weight of sin. The, the wages of sin is death. What that means, we, we always comment, you know, or, or we, that's a famous quote. I remember growing up with that. Wages of sin is death. You don't have any idea what that means. Mm-hmm. Partly what that means is the fact that you do not have the ability to do what is right against God. You have a sin that that is like an infection. It was like a you know, an auto an immune disease where it just it just grows and grows and grows until eventually death. And that's exactly what happened when sin entered the world, but it 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 spreads to every single human all flesh mm-hmm. that we do not have the ability in our human bodies to obey God 
we have a natural war with with our flesh because our flesh in this arena fell as soon as as soon as it, the fall of Adam and Eve and flesh and mankind that was it which we all became... of us that are parents can agree with right cuz kids when they're little there's just that thing in them that no matter how many times sure. you tell them don't they're eat all the cookies anyway. or whatever. They're going to do, anyway. do it. And you you haven't taught them. We no. see that in our one and a half year old. We see that in Olivia now. And you see you see things that she does and you're like, where do you learn that? Yeah. That's natural. That's sin. Mm -hmm. That's the sin that's in the world. And you don't have the ability to obey God in your flesh. That is why you are. That is why you need a savior. Everybody, that's that's why because we need Christ. You can't because do you it. can't do anything. I don't care how awesome it doesn't you are, matter you can't do because it. you'll always do what is wrong. Yeah, that's what Paul means when he says, "I want to do what is right, but I can't. I I inevitably do what is wrong, okay, even and, when I'm trying to do just, what is right." Let's just look at this. So, this isn't an excuse to just live in sin and always choose the wrong thing and be like, ah, it's just the way I am. No, that's, absolutely that's not, that not. But let's this just... is the exposed. And that's what Paul goes in the beginning. This is exposed the seriousness of sin and what this is. Yeah. But let's look at this example. We're parents, right? How many times do you go to bed at night and you're like, you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to do better. I'm going to be patient and speak kindly. That's exactly I'm what I was just going to say. I'm going to do all of these things, right? Yes, you right. have this idea of what kind of a parent you're going to be tomorrow. And, and then, then you wake up and you up. have the worst possible. You have a worse day than you did before. Yeah. You're like, but I prayed. I asked I'm God. I said, God, please lead me by the spirit. I said all the right yeah. things give me to you. Just, yes, give me patience and kindness. And, and I'll just I'm going to, yes. And I'm just going to walk in the footsteps of Christ tomorrow. And I'm just going to, tomorrow's a new day and I'm a new creation. You know, you're excited. And then and you then wake up with worse. a headache. The kids are on fire. The milk gets spilt on the floor. Oh, I mean, just gosh. one thing after another, they're fighting and bickering and you're just losing your ever loving mind. And you inevitably end up getting short, right. yelling, getting angry, being unkind, you know, doing all of these things. And then you go to, at the end of the night, you're like, ah, oh, I was going to do better like, today. I'm sorry. And instead I was even worse today. And, ah, what is wrong with me? Sin. Sin is what's yeah, wrong with you. Meanwhile, he's going, all of us. that's the point. Mm -hmm. That's the point. You can't. And when you want to do right, that, this isn't, obviously, this isn't a, a, you know, one, this isn't a, literal all the time that every time that you're going to do something good yes. you're going to do something evil no no this is generalities with the flesh yes the flesh is naturally against god so yes the flesh will eventually do everything in its power to disobey god because it, it's we just don't have the ability and he lays it out perfectly here we don't have the ability to do anything and we always will disobey god but in Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness. So Paul goes from explaining all of this in chapter 7 to going to the most beautiful chapter, in my opinion. And I know it's in a lot of other theologians' opinions, too. This is one of the most beautiful chapters in the Bible as far as... Uh, 
everything that Christ has done for us and again just a full uh, uh, textbook explanation of all of this so and I re- everybody really should go I do everybody John Piper knows this well John Piper can recite the whole book of Romans by memory that's insane. I know. That's that so cool. dude you is know, like, I really that's wanna, life goals for me. I really want to work on getting better at memorizing scripture. I'm I, I really don't do bad very at, good it. at it. I'm good I'm, at like... But the, it's something I want to work just on. Just being specific, numbers and chapters sometimes, I get tripped up. Like I know books, but numbers and chapters, I'm never good at. That's one thing that I try to learn from Piper though, because he's extremely good at it. And he just gets, he's just got a way of doing it, but he can do the whole book of Romans um, just from memory, and I'm, he can probably do most books, but I, I just know Romans specifically. But if uh, you go on YouTube and look up John if, Piper, just type Romans in 8. John Piper, Romans 8, reading Romans 8. or, or The he way does, he does it, too, just his voice and everything, it's oh very, gosh. like, emotional. It, oh, gosh. It'll put you in tears. Uh, it, it, it Brandon plays it for me every single time. Um, He's the way kidding. that he reads it is just beautiful. So... Shoot, pause me and just go pull up Piper real quick and listen to it. But No, you read it too. I'll read it. <laughs> but, yeah, Piper does a great job with it. All right, so verse 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in the body God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. See, this this part right here is why, no, it's not works that save us, but there's, re- there's, there's action and requirement on our, on our side. And it's that we no longer follow mm-hmm. our old sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. So now we consciously have to make the right decisions mm-hmm. because we naturally won't. Yes. And that's an extremely hard thing to do. So when you go, oh, no, salvation isn't by works. Okay, well, you're going against your natural human ability to do something. So if you're not doing so something you to swim that's, upstream. That's, that's swimming upstream <laughs> yeah. a lot. That's, that's difficult because you're saying no when you don't want to. Mm-hmm. You're turning away from things when you're interested in it or when you want to go further. Because choosing or, sin and choosing the ways of this world would be so much easier. It's so much easier. It is. And I'd it's be far more, more successful. It's more comfortable. <laughs> it's more in so many different ways. Yeah. So, no, it's not works that save you, but there is action required. Mm-hmm. And swimming upstream and, and, and going against your sinful nature is a diffi- difficult thing to do. You know what? But honestly, and this is we what... We were just gets, speaking of this, yeah. right? It's impossible. It's it nearly is. impossible. Well, and this is what gets me because I feel like that principle, we are on a worldly view completely comfortable with applying to many things, but yet you 
show it how it should be applied here on a spiritual yeah, religious basis. Yeah, we go, nah, basis, no, 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 no. Tell me good things, out. prophet. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> like if I say that I love my children and I love being a mom, but yet I don't clean my house, I don't change my baby's diapers, I lay on the couch all day, napping, watching junk TV, right. don't that's, take that's care of me. You'd example. be like, do you really, or do you really love being like, a mom? You'd be like, clearly you're you, a great mom. Yeah. Get off your butt, get to work, take care of your kids, do the things that need to be done. It's not about you, it's about them. Yada, you know what I mean? Like we could go on and on and on, and that would be completely acceptable because you'd be like, if you really love them, you would do the things required to show that you love them, right? That's right. totally normal. We could apply that to marriage, to children, to your job, to, to a million different things. Right. But you say, if you really do love Christ, then you're not going to continue to do these things. You are going to actively pursue doing these things Correct. here that Scripture Correct. lays out. Like You won't always do them. We just went over that, sure. right? Because it's it's impossible. Yeah. But you will consciously pursue them and just go like against. Just like some days, I should be a better mom, and I should go ahead and do the right. things my kids want to do, even though I know it's going to make a mess. But no, some days I'm like, yeah, not today, guys. Mommy's tired. We're gonna skip, you know, dragging and out all the And that's that part supplies. that we that we knowingly, willingly disobey. Yeah. And we're okay with it yeah. we, because we excuse it and we make until these later excuses. at night after they go to bed I or until we try to apply this into scripture and we go oh well that means that i'm a dirty rotten sinner that deserves death bingo. and i don't deserve anything bingo well shucks i don't want that to happen so let's change that meaning but i just <laughs> find it interesting yes. that these principles were completely okay with applying in other in aspects else, of our life. But, but then you bring scripture. it here and people are like, whoa, well, whoa, whoa. That's, that's with near, I think, every point of scripture right? is people don't want to literally apply it. They want to uh, spiritually apply it. Yeah. And that's not in just one area. Or just ignore it altogether. <laughs> All right, verse 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit thinks about thing think about things that please the Spirit. Amen. See, it, Paul's explaining: if you're dominated by a sinful nature, you you are not. You, you're following the flesh. You're, you're not, not following allowing the, the Holy Spirit to control you, right? And, and you clearly don't have the Spirit mm -hmm. if you're allowing the flesh to control you, because those who are controlled by the Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. Verse 6, So letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death, but leading your, letting your spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. Always. Underline that. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never... Please, God. That's huge. Can we just stop for a moment? <laughs> Can we just highlight that? Yeah. Remember, we're reading this that's all in context here, and that's the point of this this whole ministry, this whole thing, is to read the Bible and talk about it in context. Okay, we're and what this means for us for today. Okay, that's why in verse eight, Romans eight eight, those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. If you're active, you know what that means? If you're actively sinning, you're not, you can never please God. And you cannot make an excuse for it. So you have to start thinking about the literal applications of what doesn't please God. And if you're caught in doing those, 
number one you have a problem because you don't have the spirit number two if you if you are doing these things you're still being held down by the bondage of sin and you're still not pleasing god you know and that's amazing because look at some of these things that god is so clear about how much he detests them sexual sin fornication evil coming out of our mouths evil in the way that we treat people cheating greediness recklessness like you go through all of those things sure. that he's so clear on that we are so okay with excusing today right. you walk into any church and you're gonna find dozens of people boyfriend girlfriend shacking up together you find dozens of people that have no problem cheating on this or white lying this you're gonna find dozens of people you know what i mean you can go on and on that that just have foul mouths and they've that, made excuses for it and we're we just are totally I mean, we're cool okay with, with it. that we just don't it just blows your mind because then you look it's at it not, in context it's a scary thing and that's why it's hard in these days not to be legalistic and that's why it's hard for me as being somebody that's completely against the politics and the way that the evangelicals in this country try to mix these things yes this is why i have such issues with these things because the these things it's the mixing it yeah and I'm the like, world can go so, be the world so does whatever it wants to do yes explain my god's explain name explain to me how these actions that are coming from your mouth are fruit of or anything from the spirit. Mm -hmm. They're you're being controlled by your own sinful nature when you're caught in these things, mm -hmm. and you're these aren't of the spirit. And so, and not that we're saying it's somebody's job that they need to be standing there poking at everybody's sin. Like that's not the point. You, all of us, if we truly have the spirit and are striving to live for Christ, we should be convicted. We should be listening to those convictions in ourselves of these things that can never please God. Right. Turn from them and have nothing to do with them. Right. So instead of excusing them. So he's talking about people that are caught in a sinful nature, and then this is why even he splits it up right here. But you are not controlled by your your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the spirit of god living in you mm -hmm. and remember those who do not have the spirit of christ living in them do not belong to him at all and christ lives within you so even though your body will die because of sin the spirit gives you life because you have been right, made right with god the spirit of god who raised jesus from the dead lives in you and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Mm. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are his heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day 
when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join with God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know now that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up into the present time. And we as believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't have, we must wait patiently and confidently. I feel like that, that I, I don't, it's hard to not stop a thousand times during this, mm -hmm. but I feel like that right there and what Paul is explaining here kind of sums up exactly what Jesus was trying to communicate to the apostles, especially about the coming kingdom. And we're working on a podcast talking more so about the kingdom, and, and we'll kind of explain that. But the Jews were expecting this Davidic king to come and rip down the Roman Empire and rule and reign from Jerusalem. Right then. Right then and there. And all the kingdom promises that had been promised to Israel, everything would be fulfilled, and we'd all be living in, in heaven on earth, basically. So when Jesus didn't do that, they were like, yeah, they no were thanks. like, yeah, whatever. I'll wait for the Messiah that will do that. But Jesus kind of um, explained to them through various parables and things that the kingdom was going to come in ways that weren't what they were expecting right away. Mm -hmm. They were they were ways that you cannot see. Well, that's the whole Sermon on the Mount where he's right. flipping everything upside down and it's like, wait, what? Right, well, you're like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> right, and you're like, right, because you have to go through this this period of in this time before you receive. And where if you when you don't... look back at all this Old Testament, like grandeur and glory to come, it's like, yeah, I'll take that, not this, because that sounds really good for me, and the other doesn't. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but we have, if this is the best place to 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 un, get in your head if you're going through difficult times, and it's really difficult to to think this way. But these hard times and the suffering, even the physical pain that we feel now, mm -hmm. is going that's not you're going to appreciate yeah once everything has been completely reconciled and once these things have been revealed and finalized mm -hmm. um, we know we have the promise of them being finalized but while we're in this flesh as it says we're still waiting for this so once this happens, this physical pain, these things, it will make you so much more appreciative, just as anything. If you don't get anything right away, you go, you know, later on, and then you finally receive it, you go, I'm glad I didn't get it right away. I mm -hmm. wouldn't have, I would have enjoyed it. I wouldn't have spent enough, you know, I wouldn't have done these things. And that's kind of the same concept here, although you're going to enjoy it either way. But the same suffering and experience that you went through mm -hmm. here on earth and I think of people that live in physical pain daily, none of that is in vain. No, no. You're going to have... It's hard to remember that. Yeah, it's really difficult. But 
that's where you look forward to the day of no more pain, no more suffering. And it's not just like you're going to be sitting there hunky-dory. No, the the appreciate it. You're going to feel that appreciation and, and that knowledge of what you went through on this earth as a human versus your mm-hmm. your perfected body. But again, it's the same thing where we're so okay to apply that principle to some things, but not others. Like right. I know when Travis turned 16, even if I had the money, I'm not going to go buy him a brand new car and just hand it to him. Like how cool would it be if our 16 year old son could have a brand new Mustang mm-hmm. for his birthday? That'd be so cool. There is no way in heck I'm going to do that. That kid isn't going to appreciate it if I just hand him all of these things. Like, we're okay to apply that thought process with, like, our kids, right? I'm not just going to hand you all this stuff because you don't appreciate it. It doesn't make it worth it. Like, we we understand that, but it's the same thing here. And the other point that I really feel like our view on homeschool and science specifically really boils down to this versus like 19 through 22 here with for all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children are. All of creation against its will was subjected to this curse, but it's looking forward to this time, right? right? And this is where, you know, people get on the new age side of it where... Everything is alive. Right. Every the ground is breathing. Right. Like all and, of these things these, are. These things that we have ex- explanations for. So as a matter of fact, we were just talking about somebody about this. I don't remember, but we were talking about you know. Oh, the the my doctor. Yeah. We were talking about. It. I said you know we see, we tend to see through, uh, history in, in, in a box. Yeah. You know, as to where we think this is the worst time in history, but we are only looking at a hundred year period. Of yeah, history. this one little window versus uh, you know probably you know six thousand years. years well, but look at this. I mean, all of but creation is groaning. Still, in that progress, mm-hmm. in, in this belief, and you you have to understand that that does get worse in this groaning. Mm-hmm. The closer that creation gets to being made right with God, yeah. the, the, the more it, it groans. The closer it gets, the worse it, it is. Which is why we have the illustration here of like pains of childbirth. Childbirth, correct. So Your we don't labor like, pains get worse we don't, right before the baby's born. We don't born. like to sound crazy and say that all natural disasters are happening, you know, because... But at the same time, we, we see a little bit a global uptick on the size of these disasters. Mm-hmm. And yes, the frequency, the, fact and that the frequency and intensity. And yes, the population now is larger. So when you talk about things like loss of life, of course, it, these things are larger now than they were back in any time in history because our population is larger. Sure. However... The frequency and intensity of these things and the in the in the places just it's all over the world it's yeah. not just localized yeah um, has been absolutely incredible and that is all that is creation groaning mm-hmm. um, these yes natural the, the, this like you said the earth is alive not in a new age way yeah but in a in a way in of God's way because God, it is. Yeah, in God's, <laughs> Well, and that's what's so scary about New Age is because a lot of the core principles of the New Age teaching 
are true and they're ex and the scary part of it is it's exactly what Christ will be doing within the millennial reign. Right. It's just the way that Satan has corrupted it and twisted it. Yeah. The people that fall into that are crying out for the Antichrist and they don't Yeah, because this it. is one thing that Christians have done a great job of doing, right? This material world, this earth, it's horrible, it's evil, it's it's okay, you know, the, this is horrible and it's It's all sinful and it's bad. It's all sinful and bad and well, that's the case, but I mean, still created things like Earth. It's still, it's still God's, you know, on the. But instead, it's it become it Mother was, Nature. And he all saw it, things. and it was good. Yeah. This was before it fell that He created all these things, yeah. and they were good. So it's it's clearly something that God thinks is good and, and is alive, and we were He created it for us to have dominion over it, and. Now we've completely taken this idea of anything about Earth, and now it's just gone to hippie nonsense garbage whenever yeah. you talk about any of this stuff, and it's completely out of the church. Uh, and now, thanks to our, our wonderful conservative-leading evangelicals now, now that this whole, like, you know, anytime you talk about the environment or yeah. anything like that, it turns into this hippie nonsense. Yeah. But there's a lot more to it, I think, than than people like to give it credit for, but it's creation groaning. But I think that's an important thing to really comprehend. Creation yeah. is groaning. Right. Creation knows it... how far separated from God it is. Creation was created by sure. God just like we were. Sure. So there is a connectiveness yeah. from yeah, nature it was, it to was God not, and creator. It, it's, it's interesting. It's not willingly. Subjected to this. Yeah, because nature's sitting there going, no, Y'all messed this up. No, I didn't do none of this. No, we need God. We need Him. We yeah. need Him back. And that's, yeah. But it's interesting, I think, to think about the level of connectivity that nature has to God, that nature feels the. Right impact of More that so being than most God. humans do yeah <laughs> but i mean like... you know because we do the studies if you play music for your plants it makes a difference the way you talk you know what i mean like th there is a, a connectiveness right. outside of just oh well it's a plant you know what i mean like there there is stuff there and to see that nature and creation all of creation is growing look at humankind look at the pollution look i mean you can look on every facet of all the known elements here on earth and everything is groaning i mean even secular scientists are releasing reports hundreds and or thousands from hundreds of countries i think is what it was are coming out saying you guys if we continue on at this rate the earth will literally cease to exist in 20 some odd years or something like that yeah, secular science were, but says even secular science is, is going at this rate we're literally going which, to cease to exist the, they're thinking the pole i mean look at the polar vortex and the switch and all of these things that secular science is going hello it's funny, this is though, alarming our first answer is like it is a even for the angelicals is oh god's not gonna let that happen he'll deal and I go, well yeah if you think have you not read how he I deals mean, yeah, with it you see the way that <laughs> secular science is saying start maybe paying attention attention to a little bit of it not not everything but a little bit of it just to gauge kind of where you're at in if this you're whole... missing the alarm bells that yeah. jesus the signs that he told you would be happening before he came back if you've missed those yeah at no. least notice that even secular science Scienters is like is uh, the bells they're going, this like, isn't gonna continue wow, on can't keep going on like this so either we're gonna start destroying stuff which and if we you read know the that, end of the book he tells you how he does which it, but... yeah which is not the way that Crazy it happens idea. yeah 
So what does that mean? I think it's just an interesting topic. Yeah, it is an interesting topic, but let's keep reading before we get into it. Yeah, because we do that all day. What verse? (laughs) Eight. No. Sorry, I scrolled back up. I scrolled back up. I had marked it. I had marked it. 26. All right. 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he came to them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Isn't that huge? Stop and think about that. Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, pleading, pleading. for us. That's huge. Like I, I don't well, know. there's a there. That's huge in a lot of different ways. That's that's huge in for ways that people want to congratulate themselves for their Christianity, and yeah, we yeah. have a lot of people that love to do that. And that means just, I think that's people are just so excited. Yes, Jesus saves, and gee, you know, I'm I'm such an awesome, you know. And we don't ever think. Yeah, that about, isn't made to make you like pump yourself up and make your head. Yeah, grow you're not. Yeah, he do. I mean, there's so much requirement for. For how you were saved, and the fact that but that J- the should Lord radically that transform to, how we behave. Yeah, it should, right? and you he know, still has. To, he's still at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. Yeah. Because even our prayers. <laughs> well, you give the kids the illustration of a courtroom, right? You know, to right. understand that that you know Christ there, um, interceding, you know, for us there to represent us. Um, you you give that to the kids as you know God being the judge, and we're on trial, and Jesus there is our is our lawyer. Know, lawyer. Yeah, he's getting us out of of, of condemnation. No? Yeah, we're because we're guilty. We're the judges are the gavels fell. We're we're guilty of of everything, and we're already sentenced. Mm-hmm. Yet we have a lawyer from the judge that it's it's mind blowing when you think about it. Sorry, that pleading for that just yeah that's huge. All right, thirty five. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we were killed every day while being slaughtered like sheep. Now despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, 
nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is real, revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Hmm. I hope everybody found Romans 8, or finds Romans 8, as powerful as I do. There's just something beautiful about this chapter besides everything <laughs> besides everything but just something just so beautiful about the way that it's written and just all put together that just shows the power of mm -hmm. the sacrifice that shows the power of sin that shows what standing we have with God now because like just everything so. so all the things if now you're just returning after listening to John Piper read it and not me <laughs> I, I understand and it's a very beautiful chapter and was really excited to get here so every time every single time and we'll probably I know we're going to end up going back to this chapter a lot coming up here soon in just a couple of the regular podcasts we're doing so well i'll get a chance to even talk more about it anything else you can think of that you want not to that i can discuss. think of but uh everything everybody's been really awesome with being interactive and asking questions and doing stuff like that so if anybody has anything that you want me to expand on or you have a question on please feel free to yeah, it is kind of hard to know what things Ask. to really dive into and to go further, you know, and what things not to. So if there's something specific, you guys seriously do not hesitate to ask. We are happy to um, go into anything that would be, you know, of help to anyone. Yeah, any, yeah. All right, guys. Anytime. Well, we will go ahead and finish this up today. Hope you guys have an awesome day, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks.